I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. Peggy Uribe, welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. I totally appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. My pleasure. Excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Uh, You and I are both coached by Coach Grace. And we were talking, uh, and during one of my coaching sessions, she stopped and was like, I have someone you have to meet. And uh, when she does that, Mm -hmm. I listen, because you always listen to your coach, right? Mm -hmm. She's the best. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in real estate. Yeah. So um, my parents had like, you know, blue collar jobs and they invested in, in rentals when I was growing up. So I kind of had always been around real estate, heard words that I didn't really know, like what an escrow was, but it was like <laughs> kind of, you know, something that I had grown up around. Um mm-hmm. I went to college and did a lot of different things, worked for a senator, um, ended up working um, in Palo Alto, which is in um, in like Silicon Valley, Northern California, um, at, in a, in a uh, wealth management firm out of college. So eventually I was a trust and estate advisor. So high net families would name us as their fiduciary sometimes when they're alive. And then also definitely when they pass on, we would be the trustee in charge of their estate. So I did that. And for five years, my husband worked in dot coms in Silicon Valley. And we kind of just wanted to get out of the Bay Area, Um, you know, born and raised in the Bay Area, love the Bay Area, but we just wanted a slower pace um, of life. And so we started contemplating moving outside of the greater Sacramento area, which is now where we've lived for 20 some years. but definitely more, um, you know, we're like an hour and a half away from hour and 15 minutes from Lake Tahoe. It's outside the state capital, um, really nice area to raise a family. And so then it came to, well, what are we going to do for income? Right. Um, my husband left a really high paying job in the Bay area to take a lower paying job here. And I wanted something flexible, um, which I thought was flexible, uh, getting into real estate, so I was already planning my exit route out of wealth management, um, and I got my broker's license while I was still working in Palo Alto. And then I got pregnant with our first child. We have five children. Our oldest is 18. She's a senior in high school. And so we had already owned a house up here, came on the weekends, and I said, you know, now's the time. We're just going to have to do it. So I just never went back after maternity leave. I sold my first house when Lily was about 14 days old um, to a lady named Sally. I showed her 22 homes um, (laughs) the first in one day. Um, And I secretly breast pumped. I would take breaks and breast pump in the car. Um, So it was kind of like a fast and furious (laughs) injection Mm -hmm. into real estate. But to make it work, to make me not have to go back and have a real job, I had to sell homes. I mean, it was just like no maternity leave, any of that. So um, I I was introduced um, through a mentor at the real estate. I was with Coldwell Banker for about 15 years, and then I moved to EXP 
um, is a better fit as I grew my business. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had a great mentor at EXP or at, at Coldwell Banker when I was new. And she said, you should really try this program that just came out. Brian Buffini, have you ever heard of him? I said, no, I've never heard of him. Um, he's doing this program called 100 Days to Greatness. And I was like, wow, okay, that's great. So I took the classes. They were lovely enough that I could bring my infant newborn to the classes and they all kind of passed Lily around. Um, and I sold eight houses um, after doing 100 Days to Greatness. So I was off to the races. Unfortunately, it was 2005 and 2006. So the market really turned the corner. I was I didn't get a coach right away. I did 100 Days to Greatness and I thought, oh, I, this is easy. You know, I know mm -hmm. what to do after doing 100 Days to Greatness. The concepts are easy. The practice of it is not, as you know. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. No, everybody... All of all of the agents out there, nothing is hard about this. Now, doing it consistently on a high level, that's hard. It is. Yeah. And so that's what I found. And the market was just drastically shifting at that point. Um, we are in an area that has, you know, we do have a lot of farmland, agriculture. There was a lot of new construction peak in 2005 in our area and really overvalued, really high taxes. And when the market shifted, boy, you know, a lot of it was second homes for Bay Area people that they're like, oh, I'll just hold on to it for a year and it's gonna be worth $150,000 more next year and I'll sell it and whatever. So the foreclosure market was really heavy um, in our market. So I just got to a point, I remember I was sitting in our, in our living room playing with my daughter and I was like, you know what, I, if I, cause you want to quit many times in real estate, right? It, it is emotionally excruciating, right? And no matter what point you are in your career, oh, like yeah. even, I, even I, as a successful agent, you know, I, I, I hear that the new trend I'm hearing is everybody's becoming a coach. Like that's, yes. that's a thing in which I think is hilarious. You know what I mean? Yes. But, but that's them saying, I'm going to check out a production. Like I'm done with that. You know, I just yeah. frustrated. Yeah. And I, I love production still. I love handing keys. I love dealing with sellers. I love being an advisor. I know a lot of people have become team leads and they've stepped out of production. I'm, I have a team of seven agents. I do the majority of the production. I still love the business. It is frustrating. And Sometimes I'm, I'm on a, a little face, well, it's a big Facebook group now called lab code agents started by some guys. I, they called me one time and asked me some questions about things, but you know, I, agents will just like share this just heartbreak of like what they experience showing in a person around for a year and then they go in a different direction. And so I wrote recently like this five paragraph thing. And I said, you know, it, this is, it, it's a very rewarding business, but not a lot to survive. It's brutal. Not many jobs do you go on, on interviews constantly, right? Mm -hmm. That you're dealing with rejections of offers and rejections of clients, <laughs> you know, potential clients. Mm -hmm. And um, people are at, sometimes at their worst when they're buying and selling because it's so stressful, right? And so... Yeah. Um, it is, so it, it, if you're bold enough to be in the industry and to take a chance and to be self-employed and to not have benefits and whatever, I just, I always celebrate agents. I'm like this, it's a hard industry to be in even harder to stay in. Um, 
But the more clients that you serve, the more relationships that you have, it's like you feel like you're a real intimate party of a family's life story, right? Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you're there's a point during the transaction where you're number three behind their spouse, right? Yeah. Like if you call, they're going to answer. And for a short period after the transaction, you're still that guy. And it yes. fades, you know, as they don't need you and whatever, but you're still there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I love that about the business. Um, and, you know, I've had a really rich life because of the relationships that I've built through the clients that I have, you know, I always, um, we have a, a child in our family out of our five that has anxiety and it's a part of my brain that I think is just absolutely missing. Um, cause I, it's really hard for me to relate to it. And I bring it back to, I feel like I'm pretty smart and capable, but even more so I have so many relationships with so many people that if I have a problem and I don't know how to solve it, I have just so many people to tap into, to ask. And if they don't know the answer to that question, then it was probably in no human control to begin with. Right. And that's kind of my, how I operate life. And so it's, it's really, um, I don't know, it's really hard for me to relate, but I, I realize that not a lot of people have the, you know, you ha haven't been a part of as intimately so many lives that you have relationships that you can call upon them. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're super happy to help because you've been such a big help to them and their family. And that, and that's key because you're, so we play proximity, right? So yeah. even if they don't know, they know someone who knows because our, our database is that deep in the same way when they call us half the time, I'm going to solve a problem and I make that phone call you're describing, I'm yeah. doing it for another client. I'm oh, calling yeah. my client who happens to be a divorce counselor about mm -hmm. a divorce attorney situation or, you know, estate planning or, but we have yeah. those resources because we do know those people personally, like yeah. getting, getting a lawyer to answer a cell phone call as opposed mm -hmm. to an email. That means you're friends because lawyers yeah. love an email. Yes, they do. Well, they love to document, don't they? Yes, they um, do. Very, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, no. And I think that's, um, you know, a lot of times in our market, you know, we're kind of the most affordable uh, stop in California before people leave California, right? So a lot of people um, move from the Bay Area to the greater Sacramento area. And so as an agent, you're their first friend, right? Mm -hmm. You tell them what schools their kids should go to. Oh, here's a great pediatrician. Oh, you're pregnant. Oh, you got to go see my OBGYN. Um, and, you know, so you're so, um, you're just, you start off as like their first friend to an area mm -hmm. and, that's probably one of the things that I like the most, right? So, um, so that's the relocation spoke, right? Mm -hmm. Because you probably have several spokes to the wheel that is that your business. So yeah, mm -hmm. that is, it's more of, um, you know, agents in the Bay Area, um, you know, who refer their clients to us that are exiting the Bay. And then obviously when people, you know, number one reason people move is to be closer to family, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, the traditional thing that we see in our market is their, you know, their kids are in their 20s, 30s, they're priced out of Palo Alto, Los Altos, San Jose, um, you know, and they're just wanting to get, you know, kind of live the middle class life that they lived 
back in the day when their parents weren't high income earners and they, you know, had a pretty nice life in the Bay area, which has become really unaffordable, um, for most. Right. Yeah. So unattainable. Yeah. Unattainable. So they, it's usually their 20 and 30 year old kids who come out first and then eventually grandparents come out because mm -hmm. their kids have kids. Right. And they do what we call in the industry, grandchild chasing, right. Your kids move. You're like, Oh, that sucks. We'll see you at Christmas. Then they have kids and they're like, Oh gosh, I now want to move to the greater Sacramento area. So, and then it just keeps snowballing more and more family members move. So we have a lot of existing clients that refer to us people that are exiting the Bay or Southern California. Um, you know, California can be, you know, not popular in um, the news cycles, <laughs> but sure. it's a lovely place to live. Um, it's expensive. I consider it a, a resort tax, right, to live here. But, a, you know, every year we'll have probably like nine or 10 clients leave the state, about half of them come back to us. And usually within a year, two years, last year, we had a client move um, September 9th. They came back January 6th. So they were going long. No, you got to pay for that weather. You got to pay. Yeah, for I know. Yeah. So um, so that's, you know, we do have a lot of uh, boomerang buyers this last year, just because interest rates have been so high, you know, people want to leave their house. They don't want to leave their mortgage. You know, we've been servicing more clients that are in that, you know, trust and estate um, arena. So, so the business, uh, the business, right? Yeah. And actually when I moved up to Sacramento, um, you know, and I was got my real estate license, I contacted an attorney friend in Palo Alto and I said, you know, who would you use if you were to get an estate plan done in Sacramento? And so they gave me a name of an attorney and I took him out to lunch, you know, a brand new agent. And I did Popeyes, kept in touch, take him out to lunch every now and then. And a couple of years ago that he said, oh, do you know this person? And I said, no, I don't know this person. She was head of a trust and estate um, wealth management company and they were corporate trustees. And so that led to, you know, more relationships from there. And I just kind of built that trust and estate um, thing as kind of a, just a bread and butter part of the business. And this mm -hmm. year it's been the majority of it because not very many people have been motivated to move unless there were cash buyers, a lot of cash buyers, you know, purchasing, but um, yeah, because the prices are down because of the interest rate. So it made sense for a cash buyer. Yeah, I, I think it's just they um, they'll move in any market, right? Because yeah. they're not tied to the interest rate. But um, so I like dealing with people with estates. Um, you know, you can. It's kind of like when you deal with divorces, which I'm sure you've you've mm -hmm. done a lot. We've, uh, you know, I, I was coaching. Well, I was doing. I was a group leader for. Um, Buffini and company, small groups for a while. And I had this agent in the group and she was like, oh yeah, I was dealing with this divorce sale. And I told the other agent on the other side that the people were divorcing and she got all mad at me. And I, she was like, and I just don't understand it. And I said, you know, I know it's very flippant because agents will, when you call, why are somebody selling? And they'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, he's sleeping with the neighbor down the street or the golf instructor or the, you know, and they're just blabbermouths. And I'm like, 
you know, that's not having a fiduciary duty to your clients. Right. No, you're not. To let them know that they're at a critical point. So from the very beginning, I have always kept a real confidential relationship. We only give one answer when you ask people, um, when people ask, why is your client moving? I say, oh, you know, they have loved this house. It no longer fits their lifestyle. Um, and that covers a multitude of sins, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, um, yeah, they have loved this house. It no longer fits this lifestyle because they're, you know, they're sleeping with their golf instructor, right? <laughs> or, right, right, right. or they died or whatever. Obviously, in California, we have to disclose if someone died. But, um, but I'm saying, like, I think agents get themselves into, uh, they, they need to shut their mouth and, and yeah. be really private with their clients. Um, and especially in divorce situations, we have what we call the graceful exit, right? We try to work with the husband and wife at the same time. We don't mm -hmm. talk to either of them separately. We always focus on let's make a graceful exit from this property. And we have so many of them that use us to buy their next homes because we were always fair and we're trying to just enter into, you know, create more peace. And that's the same thing with the estate planning, right? People are not at their best um, when they've lost a person. If there's lots of siblings involved, people start taking their birth order, you know, and start, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just a lot. And so when you can come in and be that like calming force, like here's what we need to do. And here's, a, here's all of our vendors that can help, you know, clear out the house and do this stuff. And here's what you can do to get highest and best in this situation. And we'll take care of the details. Um, I don't know. I think it's some of the more rewarding work that you do. Um, well, you just estate. remind them that they're all on the same team for this, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a divorce or an estate, yeah. it's in everyone's best interest to get you as much money as we can. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, how you guys divide it up afterwards. That's, that, that's up to the attorneys and yeah, whatever. We yeah. We're uninvolved in yeah. that portion of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to get you enough money and you're going to feel comfortable working with me. So when we do go to buy with that money that you got, great. I'm going to, I'm going to represent you strongly there as well. I think what you said makes all yeah. the sense in the world. I mean, that's how we handle it. Uh, I usually go with when, when people ask me why they're moving, I said, well, they don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm joking and oversimplifying, yeah. but, but yeah, you don't give the well, same information that you're giving nothing like, Hey, yeah. It doesn't fit their lifestyle any longer, but they did love this house. This was, you know, yeah, the only time that you disclose anything on an estate is when they say, well, you, when you say, hey, they, they don't live here. They yeah. haven't lived here. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you kind of have to tell them that because they're going to be like, how did you not know there was an in-ground propane tank? Well, because we don't <laughs> yeah. live here. Well, and, the, and that will be apparent with a counter offer in California because we have to disclose it's a trustee of a trust and all of that stuff. But yeah. Yep. And we'll put that in MLS when someone died. But I think it's particularly, you know, if somebody has referred me their friend mm -hmm. um, to buy and sell a house, and then that friend asked me, how's it going? I, I will say I am having a wonderful time serving them, right? Yep. But I'm not going to tell them every nitty gritty detail of the transaction because that's the other, that's somebody else's story to tell. That's the client's yeah. story. Um, but I think a lot of agents miss the mark in that. And when I call on a property and ask a question and then the person just has diarrhea of the mouth and tells me all the horrible things, I'm always like, oh my gosh, did your client realize what you're saying? But anyways. Right. So when I'm on the other side, 
I ask yeah. that question and I shut up and they give me all the information I need to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna give it to me, I'm not stopping you. Give yes. me the info. But anybody in Richmond, Virginia know that I am using that information, you know, mm-hmm. when, that's my job is to take everything you're willing to give me and use it for what's best for my client. Yes, definitely. Because that's who our fiduciary is towards, right? Yeah. The same reason you are concentrating on estate attorneys is because you can't go back to your clients that are bought at 3% and tell them that it's a good idea to move because they want a slightly bigger bedroom or they Mm -hmm. want to be five minutes closer to work. It just, that is that same fiduciary here as well. And maybe people that are moving right now, it's going to work out for them, you know, because I do believe I bought my house um, right after September 11th. The interest rates were like 7%. The prices were low because people thought, you know, um, terrorists were going to, you know, be the new president of the United States. And there was a lot of fear in the market and interest rates were really high. And we bought and then we refied a year later, and then two years later, we got down to 3.5, um, and then, you know, refied again. And, you know, so I, it's, it's hard to say, is it a bad time to move? I think it's hard for people to afford the payment difference, but yeah. if they have an urgency to move, move, right? And it, the, these interest rates are already going down. They're not going to be like that forever, and um, there's a lot of... You know, a lot of people will, especially when they're trying to move closer to family, it's like, you know, when you only see a family member once a year for two days, right? And then they pass on or whatever. Did, Yeah, did they really have the interaction that they wanted to have? So, yeah. It's funny. You literally are running down the list of uh, the 10 reasons people are moving uh, that Brian gave us for bold predictions. Did you notice? I know. Yeah. I was at, um, the team's conference in Austin. Uh, it was very hot, unseasonably hot for the time. And, um, but I, I looked like a, a, a wet puppy when I would go to the, you know, step outside and then come back into the conference. I'm like, Oh gosh, I need a hairdryer and some good products. But, um, yeah, he went over those 10 and I was like, wow, how did we miss this all the years? Right. Mm -hmm. How did we miss this? But that is when we went back and as a team, we started working on like our marketing message Mm -hmm. after teams with, you know, the, the reasons that people move. Um, and when we looked back at the production that we had done over the years and we're like, oh yeah, I mean, it's a lot of being closer to family. So, And, and the funny thing is he alluded to it at peak when he was saying, figure out who your clients are figure out and, you know, get the testimonials, set videos of the Mm -hmm. people you've helped in each category because they can tell their story better than you can. And now we're on this next step, which is a a normal like path, Um, which, uh, you know, is is really cool the way that works. And it's I like the way he laid it out. And it's definitely something that everyone's going to be concentrating on here shortly. Um, Mm -hmm. In particular, uh, the estate stuff. so talk to me a little bit more about that. So you came from the trust attorney world or, or the wealth management section of it anyway, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, I was pre-law in college and um, I made a pack with my three girlfriends. We were going to move to Sacramento and I was going to work for a senator again and uh, going to go to law school. 
And I made a pack with my three best friends that we've grown up together since five. Um, I was like, none of us are going to get a boyfriend, like no dating. We had like a, an apartment that we were going to rent in Davis, which is outside Sacramento. There's a university there and um, had all of this stuff. And then my girlfriend and I, we, my, one of my girlfriends out of the three, she wanted to ride a mechanical bull on her birthday. And so we went to a bar in San Jose called the Saddle Rack and she rode the mechanical bull and I met my husband there that night. So um, <laughs> things changed. I had mm -hmm. a great college advisor who was like, why do you want to go to law school? Um, and I was like, I don't know. I just think that like, that's the next thing that you do. And he was like, well, what do you like about it? You know, being, you know, the thought of being an attorney, I said, well, I really like to negotiate and I like to advocate. And he was like, yeah, well, you don't have to be an attorney to do that. Right? You don't have to go to law school. And so I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And then all the other things that go with being an attorney, I was like, yeah, I probably don't want to do those things. Right. So I, um, decided to take a year that I would just work. And um, I got placed with a headhunter at this wealth management firm in Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. And they had gone through like so many um, employees had left and the place was just a mess. And they needed me to just read through all the trust documents and make sure that everything was being done well, um, because they were preparing for some audits. And so it, it just was like interesting work to me. I mean, there was a lot of different, there's a lot of different types of trusts, you know, special needs trusts. If you have a, uh, somebody in your family that has special needs or like a mental health issue that they need before, you know, if mom and dad die, they need a trustee who's going to be responsible for, you know, making sure that their needs are met financially and, and personally. And so mm -hmm. I had a lot of those. I had conservatorships, um, which are, have some court mandates, um, to the court authority you're appointed. And, um, and then I got introduced to all these families, right. That, um, and all these interpersonal dynamics. And, um, that was really interesting. I mean, there are, you know, families are, dynamic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. And then you cripple in, you know, add some grief on top of it. And, um, I just learned a lot of interpersonal dynamic skills. And so not a lot of stuff surprises me. I'm pretty much at this tone all the time. I'm not going to get, I mean, something crazy can happen and I'll be like, okay, well, let's just figure it out, you know? Right. <laughs> and so, and that, um, that calmness definitely helps as an agent. And so then you fast forward and now you're a realtor and you're deciding to serve that, that segment of the business, right? So what yeah. are the steps you take there? Cause I know you had an amazing, you know, estate planning event really where you had a, a turnout that would almost be unprecedented for most agents. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it, I'm so passionate about people getting their estate plan in order because when I worked for the firm, I, I saw all of the bad things that happened because people failed to spend a couple thousand dollars and take three or four minutes of three or four hours to put their estate plan together. And it can be a truly an X-Files episode um, dealing with what happens afterwards. And especially if you don't have an estate plan in California, you know, don't no, never fear. Don't no, have no fear. The state of California has one for you and your state probably has one for you. It's called intestacy loss, right? So you mm -hmm. die intestate and you have to go through the probate process. 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to spend, if you have a million dollar estate and that's based off of the gross. So let's say you have a million dollar house and you have an $800,000 loan. All of the fees are going to be off of the 1 million price. So the amount that actually gets passed down to your loved ones, or maybe not your loved ones because you failed to plan and now it's intestacy laws and it's going to, you know, a kid that has, you know, alienated you or what have you. But the process is long. And mm-hmm. um, I, I did one earlier this year in February. Somebody called me and, you know, they, I think when I'm dealing with clients, I, I, and now I'm 45, so I feel like 45 is not old. And, you know, and I, you kind of, it, <laughs> once it, we it, hit that age, it's not old anymore. Right? Yeah, it's not. But, you know, I'll have clients that are in their 80s and 70s. And when I'm dealing with helping them buy or sell a house, I'll say, how do you have a trust? Can we put this property in a trust? You know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not old enough to do that yet. And I'm like, wow, you know, one of our best friends just died a couple of years ago. He was 52. You know, it, it's like you just never know um, when someone is going to pass away. So we're big advocates um, on people doing estate plans based off of that million dollars. You're right away going to pay at least $30,000 in fees um, in the state of California. So um, what I'm hearing, and I'm really just yeah. mirroring this back. So sure. what I'm hearing is you're going to your clients suggesting something that's good for them anyway, correct? which is the estate plan. And you're taking that, if they need one, you're making the introduction to those estate attorneys. So yeah. you're helping them get business through your business, which is helping your client, right? Yes. Which is going, I mean, everyone knows that. I mean, you give somebody business, people care about two things. They care about what they do all day, which is their business. And they care about their kids. And people will yeah. do more for their children than they would do for themselves. Definitely. So if you're hitting one of those two categories, which mm-hmm. technically you're hitting both because you're like, and you're hey. hitting both. Yeah. And a lot of people are just kind of paralyzed about it. They don't understand what's, what's a trust and what's a will. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. covered because I have a will. No, it has to be probated and you're going to pay huge fees for the fact that you're going through the probate process. And honestly, a lot of attorneys uh, uh, prefer to do wills because they make way more money on it later. You know, yeah. they can make $2,000 right now or um, maybe $3,000 putting together a trust, a pour over will, durable power of attorneys, all of that stuff. Or the client can fail to plan and they'll make, you know, 30000 or more dollars on, on a lot of the estates. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm not talking badly about attorneys. I'm just saying that, that some of them, they, they don't, they're not out there promoting getting they're trust. People. They're going to do they're what makes people. them money, right? Yeah. People, people repeat what is rewarded. Yeah. And a lot of, um, so what we, what we do with clients, we talk to them about doing a trust. We say, okay, you don't have a trust after, you know, it closes, we're going to follow up with you. Um, we refer them to three estate planning attorneys that we have, you know, great relationships with that pairing wonderful people. I mean, estate planning attorneys are some of the like warm and fuzziest of attorneys that you'll ever deal with because um, they're real. The the warmest, fuzziest snake you ever met. No, no, they honestly are the attorneys we refer to are just like high integrity, 
um, people that love people and that's why, and they love hurting people and they love helping people. And so that's why they went into estate planning. I mean, yeah, it I didn't mean that they were snakes as in dishonest or anything like that. Yeah. I just meant like an attorney, you know, it, I mean, they so. are literally like, yeah, the, the estate planning attorneys. I just feel like if I had gone into law, that would have been what I would have done. It's maybe not the most profitable, um, because it is time consuming, but Anyway, so we, we do that. And then we do, um, this fall, we did two estate planning events um, at my home. Um, we make it really casual, approachable. They come, we have wine and cookies and, you know, come and just sit in my back garden. And we had two attorneys do one night each. Um, and we had 35, 40 people each night. And, Which is a huge um, turnout. Yeah. And a lot of relief for clients because they're like, oh gosh, I've always meant to do stuff, right? Like I've always meant to lose 40 pounds. I've just never done it. Right. So it's <laughs> like, it, there's all these things that we mean to do in life, but anytime you make something approachable, easy, put the connection together, more people are more likely to do it. So. Well, and then that also makes sense because I don't want the one-on-one -on -one because I don't know whether I want to do this or not. This might overwhelm me completely. But if I can Correct. sit in the back and listen and then it makes sense, then then I'm going to call and I'm going to reach out and that sort of thing. Um, yes. Do yes. you have like do you have a certain avatar for a client that you would suggest the estate attorney to? Like I mean, if you're it, 23, you probably aren't going, oh, let's talk to your estate attorney. Oh, that's so funny. And that's when I got my first estate plan done. So is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there is, um, you should, we owned a house. I was married, um, and we did a trust and it's still the Uri family trust of like 2003. <laughs> um, they would have been I, inheriting debt from me at 23. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything. I mean, I had yeah. a house, but yeah. So, I mean, just think of a trust as a basket, right? You're putting everything that you own in the basket and it's so much, and it's going to avoid probate and it's mm -hmm. going to get to the people faster. So I think I was starting to say, and then I oftentimes will get sidetracked. Um, but I had a client referred into me in February and their dad passed away and he was, you know, he was in his seventies. Um, and he had no, no will, no trust, nothing. Um, so he had to go through probate, um, modest estate, big mortgage for the, for the value of the home. And so the, the beneficiary, um, she didn't have the money to pay for the property taxes, didn't have the money to pay for the mortgage, but she can't do anything. She can't rent it out. Um, so it just sat vacant and all of those fees ate into the equity of the estate. And then as we're waiting to get appointed or her, her getting appointed and we referred her to an amazing attorney who did what needed to be done. Um, but with the court systems backed up, it was August. Well, at mm -hmm. that time the house had been put into foreclosure. Yeah. And so we're racing against the clock with foreclosures, ended up getting charged more because they had started the foreclosure process. So there was another $5,000. So basically her, if they had a trust 
if we have a death certificate, we could have put that house on the market and got it gone and got that mortgage paid off and not had all of the fees of the property taxes, the insurance, the mortgage over that time period. And um, the, the client would have netted so much more, but now they have the expense of the probate fees plus, plus the cost the of maintaining this residence for all that time. So and with a trust, you could have turned around and put it on the market, got it gone. And um, so that that's another, you know, sad thing that you see happen from people not uh, failing to plan. And especially if you did nothing and it's a husband and wife, right? It's like you're probating. Um, and California, we're a community property state. So there's some tax benefits to how you structure your trust um, as far as a step up in basis when someone dies. So. Mm -hmm. Two or three thousand dollars do having a competent attorney prepare a trust can save you hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars in capital gains tax too. You know, so, so there's that aspect. When you're talking to your clients about this, you're absolutely telling these stories. You're talking about the, the yes. lady who didn't have that trust. You're talking about that. Um, how are you even getting to that story? How are you presenting that? You're saying, hey, you know. Have you considered this? Or you're, you're saying this to everyone who's buying or selling a house, the 23-year-old, the 70-year-old. Yeah. You're saying, you, yeah. you bought a house, now let's put it in a trust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, I, I don't think that that's too young to, if you have assets, uh, our daughter, Lily, is a senior and she turned 18. Well, in California, like if if we don't have a medical power of attorney over her and she goes to a hospital, they don't really have to tell us anything about it. Right. We don't have authority to make decisions for her. And so literally like a week after she was 18, I took her down to the notary and we did her financial power of attorney, her durable, her medical directives. And, um, you know, it, it's just like this, this, I think the more people are, that get have experiences with the aftermath of when people die that will be a big impetus for people to actually do something but some people just don't have any experience with it in their family right and so right. they're kind of just floating through life they've never they don't have a friend that their 19 year old got into a car accident and is you know incapacitated and all of that stuff so um so, do you have you put together like documentation with a, a basic overview that you're sharing with people or you're just telling the story and saying, Hey, look, this is how we do this. And this is where we got to go. Um, so yeah, we'll, the attorney will have like a list of like, here's the documents that you should have. And then we'll refer them to them and we'll mm -hmm. do a, a, you know, and, I, and I'll ask them like, you know, a little bit about them, who they would feel more comfortable with. And then sometimes we'll just send them to one attorney and do a meetup. Mm -hmm email introduction um, that way. And then at least the attorney knows this person, you know, we've talked to and so they can kind of push them along as well. Um, but they're relieved. I mean, you know, especially when a, a guy that I went to high school with, um, he ended up moving close to me and he came to one of the estate planning nights and he's like, my wife has been bugging me about this for years and years and years. And then you sent the invitation to the estate planning event and I know, you know, great people. And so I, so he went and did the estate plan. I mean, it's a relief for people when you provide oh, yeah, no, absolutely. value. 
Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, it's one more place where we're providing value that they haven't thought of. Like, uh, you know, it, every year we send out CMAs and, and talk to them about their tax assessment. It's just not something they thought about. Same yeah. thing here. Like they, they know they need to do it, but you're just making mm -hmm. it easy. Yeah. That, that completely makes sense. What other yeah. processes or systems have you installed in your business to kind of deal with this year? And um, this year, well, I think number one, grace, right? Sure. Um, in our market, we've got like 40% less transactions happening. So, um, and there's a lot of, you know, newer agents that got in when it's hot who haven't yet exited, right? So, you know, there's, there's less transactions to go around. Um, mm -hmm. But that's why we business plan. And that's why we have savings and um, to market through. We've gotten really good um, at making sure, especially um, we brought on some newer agents a couple of mm -hmm. years ago um, or years so ago that new to business, smart people in industries that they've had be been in before, really high integrity, um, really That's high integrity. Key. Yeah. And lovely to be around, right? So, you know, we're not adding people to our team to get to a high number of people because at the end of the day, we really want to love working with these people. So, um, but with having more agents and, you know, with little things that happen in the transaction, you know, you say that a sign's gonna go in the yard Wednesday, it goes in the yard Thursday, kind of degrades the client going mm -hmm. like, you're in I, control. Yeah, that they know what they're doing or that they've got everything up. So we put our processes in a project management software called Asana. So we have our buyers checklist, sellers checklist. I mean, it's like 108 items <laughs> for most categories. So we know that we're not missing a step. And we also really believe that when our agents take a vacation, they should take a real vacation so we can pop in on their files and know absolutely what needs to get done. Um, so, so, the systems, been... so the systems you put in were more process-based. You said, hey, it's slow. We have time to work on the business and not necessarily in the business, cleaning up processes, being ready for when the market runs again. Yeah. And also putting, you know, the delightful little things that we do during the mm -hmm. transaction into a checklist, right? There are just so many things that happen. Sometimes we make it look way too easy to clients. That's true. I, I, you, and you know you did it when they tell you they want to be a realtor. And you're like, oh. exactly. And I'm like, well, maybe. So now on listing appointments, we show them. We said, you know, like your transaction, there's going to be just not even considering the documentation of the file, like 110 steps that we are going to be doing, you know. Um, and don't worry about the process, like we, we've got it down on our side and um, we're going to make it feel really seamless for you. It's still going to be stressful. Um, moving is stressful mm -hmm. and we do the best, but things happen in the end. And, um, you know, we, we try to, you know, just make it, you know, control as much as we can control, but it's an adjustment period moving. Sure. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much for taking all of this time with me, but I do have a couple little fun questions I want to get to. Oh, good. Um, okay. What is your favorite quote? Um, 
Wow, I have it up on the wall, but now I can't see it. But um, it's, you know, help other people get what they want and you'll get, you know, what you want it, in the end. Zig Ziglar, if you, if, you help, if you help enough people get what they want, you get want. everything that you want. Yes, I yeah. love that one. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I also um, am a big Shakespeare fan. And mm -hmm. so I also like the quote, all that glitters is not gold. And I use that with my kids all the time, you know, like all that glitters is not gold. That might look like how that family runs or that person is or whatever. But I know the back end of so many people's lives being in this industry mm -hmm. that uh, all that glitters is not gold. And also with agents with like, you know, we were just one of our agents was like, how about we do a weekly newsletter? to and you know we produce a weekly newsletter and we email it out because i saw another agent do it and i said first of all do you like re getting a weekly newsletter from someone in the mail email I, I i think most people and maybe we're you know we're every time i go to a different part in, in the state i realize how like tech fast pace being a Northern Californian is, um, I actually picked up a car at the Richmond airport where you were. And mm -hmm. even my kids were like, Oh my gosh, like, why does everything take so long? Why are they asking us so many questions? And I'm like, just give me the bleeding car. <laughs> you know, it's That's just different. Like, Come on I know now. it's the South. I mean, there's a guy we're asking like, you about you have... your day. We're, oh. we're smiling at you. Yeah, but I, I also was like, are you, is is your is your monitor green with light green type and you have like function keys that you're doing to get this car? But, but it's like, it's like a text on Ghostwriter where the font is like 32 and it's like. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. So, but, but I'm just saying, you know, like, um, anyways, but that, uh, we don't like getting tons of emails, right? Right. We're going to unsubscribe from you because it's like, I can't, I don't want an email from you once a week with, you know, a newsletter or whatever. So we had like a difference of opinion, but it's like, you can go for these shiny objects in real estate. Mm -hmm. And There's I think something new every day. There's something yeah. new every day. And you can start chasing these other directions, right? Like mm -hmm. and you and I talked about this earlier uh, or a couple of days ago, you know, we started doing reels like, you know, and we're doing a, and, and I think social media is great. And after this, we're my assistant, Brianna, um, and we're going to a class on Internet and reels. And I'm not anti-technology. And I, I think there's a great stuff mm -hmm. with that. But when I looked at like, um, wow, did I send my Christmas letter out last year? I sent it. We sent it out to some, but not all because my dad had passed away a couple of weeks uh, or a couple of months prior, but like just that little fundamental thing of like, you know, our family Christmas letter sending out is a fundamental thing that people, I get, you know, I get phone calls, you know, from clients after the new year because they have, oh gosh, I just got your letter. And then I was thinking about my sister is trying to move here or whatever. So it, all that glitters is not gold. We can mm -hmm. get real shiny object syndrome. So that would be probably another big one. I that don't is know, a my assistant will probably come up with another uh, quote that I'll use, but <laughs> she's the, on the other side of the desk. <laughs> I was going to say, so, and that, that goes big. And, and I, I did want to touch on that. And I know we were wrapping up, but I, I you brought up yeah. something really big. And this goes back to Bo Eason and talking about 
kind of eliminating all the things that aren't taking us to our goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's big because what the social media is, that's a whole nother rabbit hole you could chase. But what it should be, in my opinion, is a validator for people who already know you because that's who's going to pay attention to it aside from, you know, other agents who are copying mm-hmm. what you're doing. Uh, yeah. and, and with that said, it should be seamless for who you already are. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to pick the the three strategies, which are going to be calls, notes, and pop buys, but who you call is going to be different than who I call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're going to put that on the computer, record it, and send that out to our clients. And that's why social media is going to work. It's because I don't have time to talk to each one of these clients separately in addition to doing the real estate and all that. And and I want to, but this yeah. that's that's what it's for. And if we remember that and we continue to do that and just use it as a tool to do what we're already doing, don't add another thing. Because to your point, you don't need a newsletter, right? Like, yeah, well, I mean, I, and I'm sure it can be really effective for other people. Sure. I get one in the mail from an agent who I love in Omaha, Nebraska, and Carol Souza, and I love hers, but it's in the mail and I get it and she, it's great information and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the emails can be a little invasive. You know, people are just, we just get too many emails, right? And, and and we lose too many things. So just being more strategic about it. But yeah, I think next year I'm just going, I told you my word of the year is going to be less right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, you reminded me of Bo Easton. And so I have the book right here by my desk that I'm going to read. But um, yeah, just getting back to some of the fundamentals um, of it and being very careful in what you add to your business um, plan, right? Because there's, yeah, there, you know, for me, um, parties are really big because I can yep. see a lot of people at one time, right? Mm-hmm. So we're putting a lot of effort. We're doing, we're trying to increase our Google reviews, um, which is hard. People say they're going to do it and then they don't. And, um, and we, so we're now just doing party, a party, a Galentine's flower arranging party where they can invite a friend, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, only the women who have done Google reviews for us. And so it, we're just trying to make some little, you know, events that are geared towards, or, you know, the people that we really appreciate the, the support that they've right, done. Like the, the VIP, the Heather Roxburgh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, VIP. She was on the show, by the way, if you haven't heard that episode, she's amazing. I but, love Heather. She's a great yeah. lady. She yeah. laid it out. She was great. Um, yeah. But also the other thing that uh, an agent she has shared this with me, I haven't tried it yet, but I think it will work. She said, ask for the review right after you get the win. Like you're representing a buyer, you win the bidding war, review. Like that's when you get it. Although sometimes, well, Google will let you do it, but like Zillow would be like, nah, if we can't see the closed transaction, you can't do it. Um, Yeah. And and especially if Zillow creates a brokerage and starts employing agents and does all of that and they swipe all of your reviews. So we've just stuck with Google reviews. Um, Yeah, makes sense. And a lot of, I see a lot of, you know, people like to stalk you. I mean, I have a website mm-hmm. just purely for people to be able to stalk me. That That is the purpose of the website. Um, and same with the Google reviews. You can see a lot of people Googling, obviously, my name because you get a report every month and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, a lot of people looked at it. So that was kind of our our push. So we're just streamlining parties and the face-to-face stuff is the best um, for mm-hmm. me, although I'm known for doing Popeyes and have the Popeye Idea website. Um, which is also face to face, but 
Um, you know, I'm like, you can do a big elaborate business plan, but have you taken a girlfriend out for coffee that week? Right. right? Yeah. That's... Like those are the most effective for me. So yeah, definitely key. What's your biggest takeaway from an event? Oh. It doesn't have to be Buffini. It could be any event. Um, well, I will say the first time I went to a Buffini conference, it was like hearing the gospel for the first time, right? It, it's never as good. So when I take other agents and oh, I, right. when I take other agents and I just get to like look at their faces while they're hearing him, you know, preach it out, I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I wish I could have this feeling again, which I can't because mm-hmm. um, it's over for me. But um, last year I'm in a group with, um, called the fast forward movement with EXP and Dan Beards and Kyle Whistle held this event in San Diego. And it was like really inexpensive at the hard rock cafe. My husband and I went and my husband is like the hardest guy ever to, um, uh, what do you call it, Brianna? Impress. Impress. <laughs> yeah. He will, he is the hardest guy. He's very skeptical. And he loved it. The event, I was like, oh gosh, sometimes he can be a turd in the punch bowl. So I was like, oh gosh, is he going to like this guy? But there was a woman um, who spoke at the conference. It was like TED Talk style, 20 minute, Mm -hmm. 30 minute slots. And they just got up and talked about how they bang it in their method in real estate. And there was a woman who was talking about her production partner model. Um, and I think so many people are going the team's route, right. And they're giving mm-hmm. their leads away to team members, just having a production partner, Brianna, can you shut that door? Um, a production partner who is like working with you, like a licensed, really skilled assistant doing a lot of the showings and stuff. That was probably the most like thought provoking concept and putting them on salary to work alongside you. Um, that would mm-hmm. probably be the best first step before somebody does a team. Um, you know, you form a team really when you have just an overabundance of leads that you can't handle. Yeah. Um, but most, yeah. most people could um, service the clients if they had better support staff, right? If right. they had a production partner who, who was licensed that could do um, most of the work, um, or you could get, um, you know, in wealth management, when we would have a salesperson, they, the, our, the director would always be like, before we hire one more salesperson, can we get the existing salesperson a second assistant, <laughs> right? Or and, add technology, right? Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. add another system or a, a structure or a piece or a, you know what I mean? But yeah, all of that totally yes. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably the best conference that I've been to actually most ever, honestly, um, just because it was these high performing realtors who was just, just telling their playbook every 20 minutes. And so we do, a, we do a weekly call every Monday and they have three agents that talk for 20 minutes on a different topic. And then a lot of just people on the call that have a lot of experience and stuff. So, I kind of like that. I mean, you can't implement everything in real estate. No, you can't. And that's yeah. that's what's been dangerous about this podcast. So I'll interview yeah. an amazing agent like you, and there's stuff that you're doing, and I'm like, oh, that is really cool, but do I have enough time to do this, 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 and what I'm already doing and, and all that? And yeah. You have to pick and choose and, and, and all of that. 
and you and I need to stay in touch because I need some of these EXP connections anyway. Because oh, you're with EXP both. too? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, well, Dan Beards and Kyle Whistle, they have competing teams in San Diego. And I will invite you if they do the event in first quarter um, because literally I just landed in, in, in the fast forward movement because of a friend of mine, mm-hmm. a longtime real estate friend. We used to sell REOs together. And I, I just... I lucked out basically. So, um, but I'll get you an invite if we meet up because it, it was so inexpensive and it was just one of the best things that we did. Yeah, definitely. So. I'm, I'm super interested in that. So tell uh, our audience where they can find you and what markets you serve so that they can send their referrals to you. Yeah. So I am the whole greater Sacramento area. So, um, you know, we covered down to Davis all the way up into the Sierra foothills on your way up to Lake Tahoe. Um, so common cities that you'll hear named are Roseville, Rockland, Granite Bay, El Dorado Hills, um, Folsom, Sacramento, obviously. Um, and you can get hold of me um, on my website. It's my name, PeggyReef.com. Um, also, if you're an agent and you struggle figuring out client gift ideas, I've had a website called popbyideas.com for probably 10 plus years. And so you'll get an email for free every month where I send you um, Popeye ideas, the what to say on the tags and a link to where to buy them. So, um, so yeah, those are probably the best, best ways to get in touch with me. Yeah. Very, very cool. I, you killed it. I mean, there, you gave so much. Just want oh, to thank gosh. you for doing that. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, oh, awesome. Well, good. Really well, I think it. you you should do an estate planning event. It's easier than you think. Yeah. Okay. If you, I always think if I'm going into people's homes, they should be able to come into mine. And so they, I do most of my client events at our house, unless it's like really big. Um, but it makes it more comfortable. They makes them feel more like friends which is what they turn into being, you know? They, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. But do they turn yeah, into your husband's good. friends? Because <laughs> my the, um, the pushback I'll get is from into... my wife. No, I was making the joke oh, because really? they, they are. I'm going into their yes. house. They're my friend. I know them very well. But my house is also my yes. wife's house. Oh, yeah. Well, my husband picks up a lot of slack in our business. So he's often going to our listings and dealing with stuff that we don't have the um, hand or arm strength to deal with. (laughs) So they they get to know my husband pretty well. Um, But I I just think it's, you know, they're more likely to come, um, you know, if they're in our client database, than Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's a limiting belief than going to an office. Um, but no, no, I, I agree with you. I was, that, that was just yeah. a bad Danny joke. <laughs> no, well, she, she might be more of an introvert. It might be her sacred oh, yeah. space. I understand that as well. So women yeah, are dynamic. Absolutely. And mine <laughs> um, in particular. <laughs> is dynamic. Uh, Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, she's awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan. She puts up with a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Real estate is, uh, it's really, there's both spouses involved regardless. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks again for doing the show. I really appreciate it. And we are definitely going to stay in touch. Definitely. All right. Thank you. Take care. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. 
This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.